Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. I'm Mike Noll, and I'm joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the little people inside me uh, oh, took a Jesus break for a second. Christ. What are, uh, what are some of their names? Um, one of them is named Gerard. Oh. The other one's name is uh, Michael Douglas. No relation. Uh, of course. Because Michael, Michael Douglas is a large, real-sized person. He's a big actor. boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. And then one of them is that yellow dinosaur from Barney that I don't remember his name. BJ? BJ? Bebop's the TMNT. I think his name might have been BJ. Was it BJ? Yeah. I'll look. I'll, I'll check that real quick. I am purposefully spelling BJ in a long form fashion. It's good. BJ, seven year old yellow male protoceratops. <laughs> Wait, do, do the dinosaurs on Barney actually have actual like? I according to the Barney wiki, like which genius they are. <laughs> uh, BJ is a seven year old yellow male protoceratops who has been on the show since season two. I guess Baby Bop was uh, like a triceratops, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a hyperlink to Baby Bop right here. <laughs> Bright green triceratops. Nice. Cool. Um, so we're doing Meet Dave this week. We're doing Meet Dave. Uh, as you will recall, we were challenged by Daniel Knott at the end of The Lobster 2 to watch and equalize the 2008 Eddie Murphy hit, in quotes, Meet Dave. Uh, Madison, did you enjoy this film? No. Well... I'm vamping while I open a Google Doc. Let me tell you my favorite part. Yes, please. So it, there's a scene in this movie where <laughs> Dave, the robot Dave, eats a bunch of hot dogs, fills his gullet, <laughs> and then the little people inside him, like in his stomach part, is, it's full down here, we have to release. And he just goes. Standing up. Standing up goes to the toilet and you just hear like not like the sound of pooping just like unloading like just like they're just like plopping into the toilet below but, and that's is... what he's standing up though too he doesn't even sit down it's just like yeah speaking of that there's another scene mm -hmm. where he goes into a men's clothing store and he needs money and he goes into one of the dressing rooms, squats down, and then just, like, poops money out of his ass. There's a lot of poop jokes in this. <laughs> With the deadest stare. It's, um, it was quite a film. Now, Madison, you didn't like this, but it may surprise you to know that there are people out there who did very much like this movie. Uh, I've pulled a few reviews off of IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. The lowest score of these is 8 out of 10. I don't believe that. Okay, this is from Imra Khan, July 27, 2008, 8 out of 10. I totally agree. A great family comedy film. I've just watched the film and wanted to take a look at it on IMDb. I actually couldn't believe that it scored only 3.2. Well, if your understanding of comedy is chicks with no tops in it and using slang language, then maybe this is not the film for you. But the film has clearly nice, fun jokes. It's suitable for families. I actually enjoyed the film and would suggest it. I have enjoyed watching film of Eddie Murphy since my childhood. And with this film, he still shows he's really a nice comedian. So I can say to people...
nice comedian. So I can say to people who would like to spend some time with laughing, comma, they can go and see this movie. I don't think they'd not like it if comedy is what they are looking for. Is that is the username for that user Cool Christian sixty two? It's Emra Khan. So it's probably an anagram. Okay. Was there another review? There is one more. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that review other than... Uh, no. All right. So this is the only other review I have for Meet Dave. 8 out of 10 by Tony Medley. Runtime, 92 minutes. He just put the runtime of the film, not the runtime of me reading this review is 92 minutes. Uh-huh. You reap what you sow. This is a truth for poor Eddie Murphy. <laughs> He has made so many unfunny movies that when he finally comes out with a good one, nobody comes. I didn't go to the screening for this, so when a dinner engagement canceled Saturday night, my date and I went to see Eddie's new movie on its opening weekend in Westwood, generally a hotbed for movies. At the 7.10 p.m. showing, there were, by actual count, 15 people in the theater, including the two of us, to make our visit imminently worse. Is this guy a murderer? <laughs> Counting the people in the movie theater. Uh, To make our visit imminently worse, Avco Cinema's projector malfunctioned during the screening, and we were... (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Malfunctioned during the screening, and we were forced to view about 20 minutes with the frame misaligned. So the bottom of the picture was on the top, and the top on the bottom... This also resulted in the boom microphone showing up at the top of the actor's heads. Poor Eddie can't catch a break. So this guy somehow broke the physics of movie making and that because this projector misaligned, it went into the past and somehow recorded the boom microphones. Oh my God. Eight out of 10 stars for that. That was his review of this movie was mostly just details of his date and how the projector fucked up oh my god i really like that it began with you reap what you sow yeah, this is the truth it's not even the truth this is a truth for poor eddie murphy it also wasn't a review of the movie no not at all how his date went that night <laughs> nothing to do i did like how he um referred to uh mr murphy by his first name he's like i'm gonna go see eddie's flick now yeah eddie's new one all right, should we dive in now that the reviews are? It's uh, now that the review and date diary is are over. We can. <laughs> I'm gonna. Is it all right? First of all, if I close the Baby Bob Barney Wiki tab, no, leave it open. Okay. Look at it the entire time. Well, I have to read my pitch. Stare in a Baby Bob's eyes. I will. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I will move it to the side at least, so okay. it's open. But I will, and I'll see it. <laughs> it'll it'll always be there. Yeah. All right, so I get to go first this week, but before I launch into my pitch, a brief synopsis of the film, and not just a date I went on. So Meet Dave centers on a starship from the planet Nil that is shaped like an Earth human. The tiny crew inside the ship were on Earth to steal the salt from the planet's oceans to somehow solve Nil's energy crisis. The movie opens with a young boy named Josh tracking an object hurtling through space with his telescope. It crashes in his bedroom and is revealed to be a small rock. He keeps it, and probably entirely coincidentally, a few months later, Eddie Murphy crashes on Earth as well. This is the starship. Uh, Inside are a crew of tiny humanoid creatures who pilot the ship. By hook and by crook, the ship gets the name Dave Ming Chen. Chang? Is it Chang? 
I, I thought it was Chen, but it's spelled with a G on all of the internet. Um, I can't remember what they said in the movie. All right. Well, I'm going to say Dave Ming Chang because that's how it's okay. spelled online. And if I'm wrong, then die mad. Josh's mom hits a disoriented <laughs> Dave with her car. Dave, being told that his clothes are very out of sorts, visits an Old Navy and comes under the impression that Welcome to Old Navy is a traditional Earth greeting and other hilarious misunderstandings and hot dog shittings. I will say the first time I ever laughed at this mm-hmm. film was when he walked into the family's yeah. picture and just turns and smiles. That was actually like the first genuine laugh I did have in the, at this movie. I will say there were a few points where I laughed. I was like, I felt guilty that I was laughing at some stuff, but I did think there's some of the jokes I thought were okay. I, I think it's because it's not that Eddie Murphy is not a funny person. Yeah. It's because he's in a, just a really bad movie. Yeah, I think that... I, I, I think he is actually pretty hilarious himself. Yeah, and I think that it was some some of the like Earth misunderstandings are ones that we haven't really had, but I haven't seen in similar, like, oh, the alien has to pretend to be human things. Like, welcome to Old Navy. That specific joke, I think just because like no one's done that bit before, they go to a store and think that like just the general welcome to our store is like a <laughs> traditional earth greeting. I think that that was really, I'm trying not to use the word clever. Yeah. <laughs> the Nil need the rock that Josh found to somehow remove all the salt from the ocean to solve their mysterious energy crisis. Uh, so Dave, the ship, sticks close to Josh and his mother Gina in an attempt to get it back from them. Over the movie, however, the crew of Dave begin to assimilate to human ideas, love, emotion, really uncomfortable, backwards and fucking terrible portrayals of gay people, etc. Uh, the only crew member immune to this assimilation is number two, played by Ed Helms, who grows increasingly angry with the crew going farther and farther off mission. The other crew member getting frustrated is number three, played by Gabrielle Union, who falls in love with Captain, who seems only to have eyes for Josh's mom, Gina. Finally, number two stages a coup and takes command of the ship, marooning Captain and number three. They persevere, admitting feelings for each other, and return to the ship to stop number two, even though the rock had been activated. Dave is about to return to space when the FBI shows up and captures him, it, them. Uh, The crew take to the stars in the foot escape pod, living to fight another day i broad strokes through a lot of the details of them going to a taco bar and the hot dog shitting i mean i think i covered that extensively yes yes an almost loving detail in fact yeah listeners you can't see this but madison's wall is papered with just still frames of that scene yeah it's really it really made an impact on me it really awoke something within them (laughs) there you go I can't think of any other scene that was really important. So, Madison, I believe it is my turn to go first because you led you led off on the lobster. Yes. All right. So, so take it away. So, surprising no one, um, I am doing a sequel. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the title just yet. Surprise. It's going to be a surprise. So, mine takes place a few years later. Dave returns to Earth. And f- for clarity, I'm going to refer to the ship as Dave and <laughs> and the captain, the Eddie Murphy captain as captain. Okay. Because they're both take a play a part of this. So Dave being the ship entity, like the crew and so in general, yeah. and then individual 
crew members will have their names. So, Dave returns to Earth after being exiled from Nil for being too human now. Um, when they returned, a new Dave was commissioned and built. And during that time, it became very clear that they had become too emotional and human-like and were set adrift, like sent away from Nil uh-huh. in this new ship. So... Again, they're returning to Earth, so a crew member tells Captain they're entering Earth space and asks what he wants to do. Number three, who has now been promoted to number two. So from here on out, <laughs> I'm going to say number two, but I mean Gabrielle Union, the original number three. The, oh, the okay. f- love interest. Got it. So a crew member a crew member tells Captain they're entering Earth space and asks what he wants to do. Number three, now number two, responds and acts. It's what the captain was going to say, but he hasn't actually like said it yet. Uh, they have a very cordial, passive-aggressive work fight as Dave enters the atmosphere over New York City. Uh, they see that there are a lot of destroyed parts of the city, a lot of like blackout areas, and just kind of some devastation. Uh, the captain in number two's thing causes them to fuck up the landing and damages Dave. Uh, nothing severe, but... Like, it'll take, like, an hour to repair. Nothing major, but it's not great. While that's going on, the counselor on board sits them down to get to the bottom of this. Ever since number three got promoted to number two, Captain's been angry when she does her job. Captain is angry because she's not waiting for him to give the order, but she knows him and knows what he's what order he'd give. But it's still his call, and maybe that's not the call he'd make, etc. Captain wants to compartmentalize. At work, they are professional uh, she doesn't use what she knows about him from their relationship for the job. Uh, they start arguing, and the counselor insists to facilitate communication. They undergo a new type of therapy that uh, she's been working on, a device that allows them to mind meld, uh, basically. Oh, my God. Uh, Captain doesn't want to do this at first, but agrees when the counselor basically says, you know, like, I'm your doctor, counselor, like, psychological doctor. I can have you pulled from active duty. Yeah. If you're a danger. Really forcing so, her, her experiment onto them. Kind of, yeah. And I think, I, I haven't really worked that in, but now that you mention it, like that aspect, like I think originally I thought that this is, no, this is going to be good for you. You need to do this. But I also now kind of like the idea that the counselor hasn't had anybody to try this out yeah. on yet. <laughs> and I mean, um, they're, bo- they're bored because they're in this adrift spaceship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they like, they need a place to lay low for a bit, so they hone in on Josh, Gina, and Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who <laughs> was, that actor was in the first movie, I didn't mention him, as the good boy next door who obviously is going to end up with Josh's mom, and wants to end up with Josh's mom, even though she doesn't notice him. Yeah, he was uh, Riley in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Correct. Um, Spoiler and- alert, that's his name in this pitch as well. Really? I didn't. I don't remember what his name in the movie was, so I just keep, I refer to him as Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Man, part of like one of the worst seasons of Buffy, I, I might add. I you know what I like to keep our audience, so I'm not going to talk about okay my opinions on Buffy. Oh yeah, maybe a bonus episode. Spoilers, guys. Not a fan. Look, I'll let me finish with this. I don't. I don't hate the show. Like it's very fun. I can see why a lot. Like it has so many extremely devoted fans. I've just I've heard a lot of writers talk about how great the writing is on Buffy, and I don't agree. And that's that's the main point. It's still a very fun show that I will never try to stop people from liking. So back to what is good writing. 
back to the cinema masterpiece that is Meet Dave. Right, so they need to play Slalo, so they hone in on Josh, Gina, and Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, flying over the city, number two picks up an incoming broadcast, audio only. Uh, they play it, and it's a morning zoo show. I'm adding a little bit of fun Earth misunderstandings to my pitch. Okay. And it's stuff like, you know, like, good morning, New York. And then a foghorn sound, screeching tires, and a spring being sprung. Boing. Yeah. Or like a, yeah, spring. Boing. Through very convincing dialogue. I think that this is a, like, what you say to people, like, because, you know, welcome to, they thought welcome to Old Navy was like a greeting. Yeah. And so this is more of like a, like, old, like a friendly greeting. Like, oh, we remember you. Yeah. They find the apartment, and that's it. That's just the bit. Like they're while they're flying there, they get catch. Okay. They find the apartment and give their newfound greeting. You know, good morning, New York. (laughs) 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 And Madison, I'll. I don't know. I think it's funnier if Eddie Murphy just pronounces those words, or should it be the good morning, New York, and then pitch perfect like actual sound effects come out of his See, mouth when you said that it was happening um i thought that it was like the crew was all there at once and like he, eddie murphy says good morning new york and then like gabrielle union goes spring yes and, and beautiful then, um, beautiful i love uh, it patrick kilbane does one of the sounds or now does that does that come out of the out of dave's mouth or do they like step out and greet them personally Cause in mine i think it's just dave they don't come out of the shit that's true I think I think it actually would be funny if it is just like he opens the ma- he opens his mouth and then like all those sounds come out. Wow. Josh uh, is now playing a new FPS video game called User Anonymous Warzone. Oh my god! So is Josh older? Is this like years later? A little bit, yeah, a couple okay. years, a couple years, I think. So say it again. What was it called? User Anonymous Warzone. <laughs> uh, it requires high reflexes, multitasking, etc. Gina has to kind of push him away and switches the tv over to show dave the news uh there's an alien attacking a power plant dave learns that this alien came out of the water not long after they left in the first movie uh they see a picture of the alien on the news and dave realizes that it is an elba l hyphen b-u-h okay an ancient behemoth enemy of the nil uh, the alien is humanoid with floppy dog ears, squiddly tentacles, like at the mouth, like Cthulhu, and a single eye. Oh, God. Just a little bit of fun flavor. Yeah. And to be clear, for them, Behemoth, it's like human-sized also, this yeah. alien. So Dave learns it's been targeting power plants, tearing them apart, absorbing raw energy. Captain and number two have that silent half-conversation that every show with telepaths has done for the history of recorded media, you know, where they like... Should we? Oh, yes. And also, oh, that's a good idea. Like, when, yeah. Like, they don't even do full sentences. Oh, okay. They come to the conclusion the Elba is getting a high from the raw electricity. Number two seems pretty smug. Like, her point has been proven that they're, them knowing each other this well has come in extremely handy. Gina and Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer tell Dave that they have to do something. No one knows anything about the alien, and so it's kind of dave's responsibility to at least like give the authorities this information or something okay. you track down Dooley. what that was the cop's name oh uh they they come back but okay um dave leaves to face the elba in route the command crew have a discussion about how they're going to need faster control than ever before captain and axon almost never use system to neurologically connect to dave 
so that he will basically control every aspect of it alone. It's not gives a command and it's like Dave is, or Captain is 100% running the show. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Uh, number two is really against it, but Dave overrules her. It's, I mean, it's dangerous, obviously. It attaches to his brain. Yeah. Dave lands at the power plant. Uh, we see the alien in person for the first time, and it recognizes a nil ship. It introduces itself as Idris, I-J-R-I-S. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now I can reveal that now that Madison has pieced together my riddle of the alien being Idris Elba. Okay, is it voiced by Elba? It is not. Uh, so, oh, what? No, trust me on this one. I can reveal now the counselor is played by Kikuchi Rinko, who was Mako Mori, who played opposite Charlie Hunnam. And Idris is voiced by Charlie Hunnam. Oh, okay. It's a deep, deep cut Yes, and I can now reveal the title of the movie, now that Madison has seen through my joke, is Meet Dave 2, Pacific Dave. (laughs) Is it going to get into some, like, Evangelion-esque scenarios? Somewhat. It introduces... All right, so back to the pitch. It introduces itself as Idris. Dave asks how the Elba made it all the way to Earth. It was a scout looking for new worlds for the Elba to conquer. It crashed in the water, and the salt gummed up its engines. Idris went into a cryo-sleep-like thing. Uh, When, in the first movie, Dave started sucking the salt out of the water, it was enough to bring the ship back online and wake Idris up. I messed up in my note-keeping because now I have another scene where Dave wants to know what it's doing, why it's taking the energy, and Idris tells it it's not powering anything. It's just getting a really good high off that raw zap juice. Okay. Dave is horrified, and Idris asks why what it's doing is any worse than what the Nil tried to do. Obviously, it is, it's vaguely worse because it's doing this to get high instead of to try and save its planet. But Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, it's probably not, like, hurting anybody. Right? I mean, it's... it's, I, it's causing massive blackouts across new york like it's i guess i I didn't hospitals are probably like yeah get the point across that this is ruining the power plant the power plant is now empty of juice got it that's why kind of in the beginning there were blackouts and destruction was a lot of new york is losing power while this thing gets high but not josh's uh not not josh's no they live far enough away he's got it they square up to fight and the mind meld with number two kind of throws off captain's groove Uh, His thoughts are clouded by her thoughts, and Dave gets walloped bad, and they flee. Uh, They return to Gina, Josh, and Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to begin repairs. The humans ask what went wrong, and Captain tries to explain about the mind meld without throwing number two under the bus. Someone else on the crew also says that according to their readings, Captain wasn't doing great anyway. He turns and snaps that it's not easy handling that many things at once. That kind of multitasking. I like that maybe that's how they actually said it. Uh, he wasn't doing that great anyway. <laughs> yeah. Josh pipes up that he's good at multitasking. He's really, really good at user anonymous war zone. The crew decides that they're going to shrink Josh down so he can come into the Dave. But the beating they took in the flight messed up their systems and Gina gets hit, except her body shrinks to that of a little kid and her head gets a little bit bigger. I'm adding a very comedic B plot where Gina's just got like a very funny kind of bigger head oh. and a smaller body. <laughs> oh, just like like, or... like in caricatures like yeah. you know like that more, not like grotesque but yeah Ugh. gina uh, is freaking out and dave says that they don't have the power to fix her or try again uh and won't till about the next day sometime so riley finn from buffy the vampire slayer calms everyone down and they all go to bed we cut to idris's ship and uh he's kind of stumbling around at the high is starting to wear off and 
through dialogue or some panel or whatever, we find out that this is faster. He's building up a tolerance. And Idris is getting real angry about it. So it decides it needs it to up the dosage. Uh, there's a screen monitoring local news on the ship. The army is reinforcing the central power company plant that is responsible for a ludicrous amount of the city's electricity. I'm thinking this is a very sort of comic booky yeah. thing of like, oh, oh, the city's big power plant. Whatever. like, Yeah. Uh, it was going off of all the different smaller power plants. But now this is the... Yeah. Like this is about the last... It's our, I mean, this is like the last hope of, for the city, whatever. It's where the backups for the backups are. The backup exactly. generators for the backup yeah. generators. Idris sets out to get it, and we see the screen again as Idris leaves, of like of the power plant. We do that camera effect where it zooms out from the screen, and it's Dave watching the same news from the apartment. Uh, the ship is shut down, and the crews are repairing. Captain and number two are walking back to their quarters. She thanks him for not making it sound like it was her fault captain says something like it was also it was my fault also for agreeing to this breach of decorum he's talking about the mind meld obviously uh they fight again about it she's pointing out how they came to the elba conclusion he agrees but also points out how her thoughts mixed with his throughout the fight i think that's i mean it's just a very no one's really giving any ground we're just kind of debating the philosophical points they're like at a stalemate where like yeah. neither one can just like say what they want to say but like they are because they don't want to like hurt each other's feelings. Kind of. I think it's more like they're really just refusing to. For Captain, this is no. I need. I need to keep these two parts of my life separate, and I need you to just do what I say and don't anticipate what I'm going to say. Because like you know me as this person, and I am that person. But sometimes I'll, I'll get to that bit later. Okay. But like they're both they're both still very firmly entrenched in their camps. Okay. All right. So. It's the middle of the night, and Josh wakes up Dave. Um, the news is on, and the alien is attacking the new power plant, or the big power plant. Um, the systems are like maybe 95%, so they shrink Josh and head for the disturbance, waking up Gina and Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Gina wants to follow because that's her kid. Uh, Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in step to try and protect her, is in step to try and protect her in her state. I'm imagining Gina is kind of like running down the street and Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is like behind her, like basically supporting her head, oh God. like running along behind God, her. Just is, trying to. This is like some I, body horror. Like I really thought stuff. you'd think this was funny. It's, I didn't, I didn't mean it to be body horror. It is, it, I, it is funny, but it is also like just, Oh, <laughs> fair enough. I meant it to be cartoonier than, than <laughs> disturbing. But it's fine. That's fair. Josh reaches the bridge and meets everybody. The counselor scans Josh and confides to the captain that Josh's brain probably won't be able to handle the stress. Like he could do it, but it would burn up his brain, basically. Number two gets all this through the mind melder, and Captain leaves the bridge to think about this. She follows and they talk about this decision. She pushes him not to do it. That's not who he is. And Captain says something like, this is why I put up walls, number two. This is the job of the captain, to make these decisions. You are kind and honest and compassionate. And while you make me a better man, sometimes the captain can't be a better man. Sometimes the captain has to choose between a child and a world. It's very serious. Yeah, I know. I mean, Meet Dave, too. I mean, they were debating whether or not they should suck a planet dry of life-giving salt. Yeah. Like I it, guess it has energy in it. I didn't stop to think about how. I guess it'd kill off most of the ocean life that re- yeah. requires the salt. But 
so he says this very like serious thing of like this is why i need you to this is why i i'm trying to be this way is because you you'll always assume i'm going to make the the honest and good decision and sometimes i can't do that and you just have to go with me on it it's my decision it's not our decision at that point so she touches his face very sad and comforting and then her she's like like shock and does what she pulls her hair back and shows the mind melder we cut to the bridge where the counselor is recalibrating the mind melder to josh captain is going to strap into the neuro device mind meld with josh and borrow his skills they're going into the drift baby oh my god what (laughs) outside the power plant the army police and any kind of law enforcement are gathered as a final stand the two officers from the first film are there they see dave and he greets them with good morning new york (laughs) <laughs> that's it he gre- and he heads into the power plant like they they vouch for him to get him through and i think some of the fbi recognize yeah uh dave there dave squares off with idris again but this time through the mind melder and josh's skills they defeat idris josh passes out but the doctor quickly confirms he's fine just tired dave turns to idris who's down but still conscious he grabs idris raises him a bit and punches him out Channeling Will Smith in Independence Day, he says, Welcome to Old Navy. <laughs> I want everybody listening to know I just took a big drink in a very like I did it. Like yeah, he, he, he was, dropped the he mic. Was very accomplished in that in that moment. It's like, it's not quite the same as crafting the Goodwill hunting spear joke, but Yeah. It's I mean Making sure you remember that line and not <laughs> I kind of hoped I'd get farther before you picked up on Idris Elba, but... I don't know. It was on my scope. I'm always looking out for Idris Elba at all times. That's true. So, time skip to later. Hold on, let me look behind me. He's not there. He's actually just in, in behind the closet door. Oh, shit. Oh, no, he's going back behind it. Idris, get out of there. Okay. Uh, he's being coy. He scared him. He's being coy. I'll watch the, I'll watch the wire later. <laughs> <laughs> time skip to later. Dave and several suited... Sunglasses bespeckled people are standing on the dock where Dave took off after the first movie, and he's got Idris tied up at their feet. Dave asks the uh, suits where his other body is, and they tell him that they destroyed it. Earth isn't ready for that kind of tech just yet. Because if you recall, a thing that I forgot about until yesterday afternoon was that Dave left his body behind. <laughs> uh, well, because I had Dave returning, but oh, yeah, they'd they left in his foot. So mm-hmm. they tell him that they destroyed it. Earth isn't ready for that yeah. kind of tech just yet. Dave smiles and they look up. There is a light streaking through the sky towards them. It lands deftly. It's another Dave suit. This Dave suit is also played by Rinko Kikuchi. Oh, really? <laughs> I double I double booked her, I guess. But oh, if Eddie Murphy can do it, why can't she? Yeah, absolutely. They take Idris. This is where I, I gave the game away in case you hadn't got it. Because I, I wrote, they take the Idris Elba uh, into custody and return to the stars. <laughs> the suits ask what Dave intends to do now. Cut to Interior Dave. The crew are going about their task. Captain is seated in his chair. A crew member tells him all systems are go. Captain looks at number two, who nods and says something like scanning all Earth media. Uh, cut to Exterior Dave is floating in space in orbit around Earth. Much like in Superman scenes, where he's just kind of floating in space, like keeping an eye out. Got it. This was meant to kind of be the they've both come to detente on their fight, like 
Mm-hmm. He he looks at her like, you know what order I'm giving with this, and she's waiting for that order kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Fade to black. Fade in from black. Gina is sitting oh, in a shit. chair in a neck brace. They forgot to change her back. Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is feeding her a spoonful of soup. Fade to black. Second after credit scene. Fade into a command center, like a NASA-type command center. A countdown is counting down. On screen, a rocket launches. We follow it into space. Dave watches it fly past in the distance. Zooming in, we see it's the first Dave body with a makeshift foot. We continue to zoom in through the eye to that bridge where a captain played by actor Idris Elba is in command. And he just says, let's see what's out there. What? (laughs) The end. You had two Elbas? No, Idris Elba wasn't in the movie until now. Yeah, but you kind of had two Elbas. They had two Eddie Murphys. (laughs) I guess so. I guess we just double up on all the actors. Yeah, um, that's actually the end of the movie. Can we get two Rileys from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Sure. From, uh, he can be the um, he can be the second in command of the second Dave ship. Okay, cool. Okay, so I like that. the needle. I feel like I've kind of failed to thread is the tone I want for the Captain Number Two arc. I think that I don't know. It, it was very much a little thing, and then this is kind of what I meant to do there. But I feel like for the movie that we're were like sequeling i think i nailed the tone on the head <laughs> i'm not quite yeah. well and the thing is is like the the aliens the nillions yeah millions they are very rigid people so i could see them like having like because in the first one they kind of learn to have emotions mm-hmm. you know they learn to have expression so it's believable to like have in the second movie them deal with the negative sides of expression, mm. you know, and like the intricacies of. Oh yeah, I just meant as far as detailed interaction in my pitch went. I think I, oh. I failed to thread that needle, but got it. But I nailed the tone on the head. If it's a Meet Dave sequel, yeah, yeah. What I think at the end, I have a, mm-hmm. I have an alternate ending oh. that I'd like to pitch for you for the yours. Madison Jones cut. The Madison Jones cut. What if at the end? The captain is on his bridge mm-hmm. and he uh, says, number two, bring us, bring us to uh, the head or something, or like mm-hmm. turn, turn the ship or something. I don't know. Captain orders sure. or whatever. And then he turns around and it's not Gabrielle Union. It's whoever number three was. And that person's number two now. And in the distance, we see a Gabriel Union ship and they are now both captains that work together to where, like, where, guard the But where'd they get her. a Gabriel Union ship? I don't know. Like they, they, they I'm sorry, that's just too ridiculous. Yeah, that's just too ridiculous. They went back to Nil and made one. I don't know. They were exiled they though make... in my pitch, so Okay. Whoops. I guess. But maybe they got maybe they are heroes now because they captured Idris Elba. Idris. I spent like 15 minutes looking how to pronounce that name before I just found a YouTube video of him saying his own name. Okay. Well, but. I that's that's the um, the forums, the Meet Dave Two forums, <laughs> kind of post of, for an alternate ending. The official ending is the original Dave being piloted by Earthmen, led by a character played by Idris Elba. But that character's name is Captain Eddie Murphy, so it's weird. God damn it. <laughs> It's so confusing. Yeah, well, welcome to meet Dave. Truth. Awesome. I don't think I have anything else for it. So now that I have given the first truly perfect pitch, 
of the equalizers i think it's your turn to bring the rain so i legitimately had a hot this has probably been the hardest pitch to write this week Mm -hmm. because the movie just like was so good yeah i know i agree it it was so good emra khan agrees it touched on everything it needed to and there was nothing left to tell you know oh yeah yeah but no in all seriousness uh i was left very uninspired by this movie (laughs) in that i had a hard time thinking i'm like okay what would be next obviously like the body is a good jumping off point Mm -hmm. and through the process i struggled to get to the next thing so i did what any like thing in the industry in the hollywood industry does when there's really nothing left to do i sold out and i'm sorry what i sold out okay and i decided to write my pitch as if we got a large corporate sponsorship (laughs) to make it because i think that that is the only way one a sequel to meet dave would ever happen is if someone was backing it that was gaining off of it somehow because it was a major flop so i wrote the movie where it's not entirely like that's the focus but a major a major sponsor is definitely uh presented in it so i just kind of filled in the holes of the the my my movie with stuff like that you know so when i thought of the title meet dave 2 pacific dave i thought i got it this week i have i have thunder i have the gold i got this and just damn you (laughs) Um, i'm also extremely excited We'll see. We'll see. So my my title, I'm also going to reveal later. So we open in my movie. uh, We see a very dim planet, kind of like a black planet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we zoom in on it. And on its surface, we zoom through a city and where people are in it, uh, in the city on the streets. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have torches and various lanterns to light up this their way. We zoom into a stadium complex that is, it's hard to tell a detail of it, but just that there is one person at the center of it. And it is is this one man on this high, like a high table overseeing everything. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be people in the stands all around him. We focus on this person, and it is an elderly, stern-looking man, who I imagined is played by Malcolm McDowell. Ooh. If you're familiar. Fun little behind-the-scenes thing of me writing it, when I originally wrote uh, Michael uh, Malcolm McDowell's name, mm-hmm. I wrote Michael McDonald <laughs> <laughs> from the Doobie Brothers yeah. and solo fame. Uh, and that made me laugh really hard. Uh, so I decided, like, yeah, I decided the theme of this movie, uh, like the music, mm-hmm. is "What a Fool Believes." Okay, I'm <laughs> like not the, familiar with, with that, but oh, it's um the one that goes came from somewhere back in the long ago. Hmm. Any man or fool? Blah, 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 blah. I think legally that's all we're allowed to. Came from somewhere back in the long ago. Okay. What a Norbit believes. <laughs> <laughs> 
taking it to the Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not that one. How about, want to hear some funky Pluto Nash? Ooh, that's good. Anyway, the elder uh, stands up and tells the captain to step forward. Eddie Murphy, the captain, emerges from the darkness with the salt sphere in his hand, which is glowing, and he holds it up. The room is completely silent, except for a cheer from behind the captain. It comes from number 17, Kevin Hart, uh-huh. who is standing along number two, Gabrielle Union, and number four, who whose name was decided in the in the first movie was Johnny Dazzles. Yeah, that's, let's not do that. That's let's not, not call him Johnny Dazzles. The actor's actual name is Patrick Kilbane, which is a very cool name. <laughs> and... The elder looks at Kevin Hart and asks if he experienced some sort of space madness while they're out on their journey. And the captain informs him that he is fine and they were successful in their mission in more ways than one. And um, they'll get to that part later about their journeys on Earth. He then brings the salt sphere to the elder who looks at it for a few minutes and then licks it and says, that's salty. And the captain says... Yeah, really salty. Like the. <laughs> I'm waiting. Let's get. Come on. <laughs> yeah, really salty. <laughs> like the. Like the delicious French fries that when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta, I gotta do it straight at least once. Sure. Sorry. <clears throat> Captain says, "Yeah, really salty. Like the delicious French fries at Wendy's. Only ninety nine cents on the dollar menu." <laughs> the elder looks at him. <laughs> <laughs> Only ninety nine cents on the dollar menu. The elder looks at him and says, "Wow, that's a really good deal." And then puts the f- sphere in a hole, and then suddenly <laughs> the lights in the stadium roll on. And then the city lights up, and then the whole world seems to come on. Mm. We see the world for the first time in good light, and it's revealed this previously very dim and dark world is actually a very modern, high-tech civilization Mm -hmm. with a a single city that expands the entire surface of it. Every building in the city has the same color scheme, red and white. Every citizen in the stands also seems to be wearing a red and white jumpsuit of various styles, Mm -hmm. where the seams meet. Uh, it kind of forms a W. For Wendy's? Yes. Okay. The people in the stands all uh, start to clap and cheer, but the elder raises his hand to silence them before they get too far with it. He tells the captain that him and his crew saved their planet from annihilation and that everyone on the planet owes them a great debt and asks them how could they repay them. The captain then looks back at the crew and they nod and he says he wishes to share with the world what they have learned at Earth. Then the crew starts to basically display their emotions and their expressions that they kind of learned about on Earth. So some of them are dancing, some of them are gossiping, some of them are like kissing and making out and cheering and just being happy. They're just doing normal human things. Uh huh. You know, making out in a stadium. Yeah, making out in a stadium. I've seen it. Nice. <laughs> nice. So uh, they're just basically like cheering and dancing and like yelling and like laughing. Just I think they're like maybe Kevin Hart's character is just like ah ha 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 ha, showing that he uh, is expressing himself. Can he be like mimicking the hot dog download? Yes. <laughs> Your favorite scene. God. 
the elder and, and everyone else looks on expressionless mm-hmm. at this display. The elder then raises his hand to halt them and tells them that they can stop. He says, yes, I've seen such things in our ancient texts. <laughs> that their society had once valued expression and uh, such social yearns to laugh, cry, and sing, and dance. But they have evolved beyond them because uh, it was deemed that it was detrimental to society and progress, Mm -hmm. that they could not function or evolve if they didn't get past such things. The elder deems such behavior as unacceptable and therefore bans them and everyone else in the world to do such things that they have seen. The captain and the crew look disappointed and explain that they have actually seen a society where it is possible to have such expressions and such demonstrations of feeling Mm -hmm. and to find value in frivolous things and to still have society work and progress past them. Like they've seen it firsthand that it's not impossible to do, but the elder says that it's impossible and they have no proof that that is exists that this is just wise tales and they dismiss their claims Mm -hmm. captain looks defeated and begins to exit when number two gabrielle union walks up and says that they do have proof that the ship that they were on recorded the entire journey and they have stored those files in the ship's database but they left that ship on earth in their escape from being captured can i take a guess at the title of your movie right now yeah it can be off the record. Go ahead. Is it Meet Dave 2, The Search for Dave? It is not. <sighs> but good guess. Thank you. You get well, three more. That's fine. I'm not going to keep guessing. <laughs> I just I, I thought I hit it there for a second, and I just wanted to see if I was right. I wanted to, no. cut, I wanted to cut you down like a little bit like you did when you got my Idris Elba jokes before I yeah. thought you were going to. She says that if they can go back and retrieve this data, if they actually do that, will the elder consider not banning such forms of expression and guilty pleasures, such as the ones they demonstrated. And the elder agrees. And there may be a few scenes after that, maybe like them talking, but I just cut to earth at this point. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. We cut to earth and we see a flicker of light in the sky. And with every passing second, we see it get closer and closer. And eventually we see a single fiery shoe <laughs> zooming towards uh, the earth's surface until it like just lands and crashes into the ground the shoe is fine it just was like a rough landing kind of how like in the first movie his fate the body just crashes on Mm -hmm. liberty island you know yeah and they're in a park in new york the crew exits the ship and the captain gives the order to clear the area of any inhabitants for the ship's landing and I kind of imagine this slow-mo Avengers 2-esque in the woods, like battle with nice. bugs and squirrels or it. something. I love it. With the crew. Um, and that's where like maybe the title sequence happens. Oh, okay. I know that's kind of late in the game, but oh, it could happen there. And they clear the landing zone. The captain gives the order to bring the new ship in over like a radio or something. And from the sky, the new ship comes in and I'm going to let you decide what celebrity gets to be the new ship? It's going to be Eddie Murphy and the old crew like piloting it. But you've let me input into your main plots before. So I want you to decide what celebrity hmm. gets to be the ship in the rest of this movie. This is a heavy responsibility. 
that I will not take lightly. Let's say it's, you know what? Mike Myers. Mike Myers. <laughs> okay. I almost said Freema Ajemin, just to... <laughs> Okay. After booting up the Mike Myers, they head off and track down the kid from the first movie. Yes. We've established that it is Josh. Yeah, I only said his name like eight times in my pitch. Yeah. But in my um, in my notes, it says Josh. Oh, okay. Uh, he is a teenager now and is in high school. I think he tracks him down fairly easy. And I think they have this moment of just like, hi, it's it's me, Dave. And like, he's like, he's just looking at Mike Myers and he's like, no, it's not. Or whatever. He's like, whatever crazy person. And he proves that it's him. Oh, by... okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought there were two of them now. I, I didn't even think about the fact that it's like a new ship with Eddie yeah. Murphy. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So... I, okay, now I'm way on board. Okay. So it's Mike Myers. On board. My... <laughs> So uh, Mike Myers, ship and crew say, yeah, it's me, Dave. And he's like, really? And he's like, yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> no. And they, they catch up a little bit. Uh, he says that his mom and the other dude. Riley, Riley Finn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Riley from Buffy the Vampire Slayer are married now. And that he was actually headed to work uh, when he was meeting him. And he, that he actually has this really cool new job as a fast food cashier at this place he really enjoys called Wendy's. Of course. They they go to Wendy's and they have a scene where Dave shoves a bunch of Baconators in his mouth, kind of like he did in the <laughs> with the hot dogs in the first movie. He does it like one by one. And then uh, he slurps down a Frosty in one gulp. And uh, Josh then says, hey, don't forget to have one of our premium... <laughs> Josh then comes out and says, hey, don't forget to have one of our premium cod fillets with that. And he brings out the premium cod fillets and he holds mm-hmm. it up to the camera. And then uh, Mike Myers, Dave, says thanks and then takes a bite. Josh reveals that he doesn't actually know what happened with the body, mm-hmm. that he doesn't know where they took it after that day that they escaped. Mm-hmm. But he thinks he knows someone who will. And he takes him to this area that's kind of gone like a very rundown apartment. It's actually Dooley's apartment. Officer Dooley from okay. the first movie, who was all about, like, this is aliens or this is whatever. Mm-hmm. Since the first movie, Officer Dooley has uh, left the force and he stayed with him for a while, but he kept trying to get access to Dave's body and the exposure of everything mm-hmm. happen, uh, being like, oh, hey, aliens exist, world, please let, please let that happen. He was eventually asked to leave the force and stop bothering people and stop talking about it. He decided to do the opposite outside of leaving the force mm-hmm. and he's now like kind of become a, sort of a conspiracy theorist or he's tracked down like he's like tracking uh where the government has the body and with what brief time he had interacting with the aliens and everything he's just uh, he's come up with these theories uh, he explains the theories of like how the ship works to them and like their society and he happens to get them exactly right and it's actually kind of disturbing to them he's like mm-hmm. they're just kind of like yeah that's how the body works like we have like these pulleys and like in these like little quadrants and uh a butt place where we (laughs) where we just dump food in a butt place we got a butt place Dooley reveals that he actually does know where the body is after um uh spending a lot of time tracking it down 
And he said it was originally at the station, but the CIA moved in and took it to a facility uptown, super secure, and you can only get in it by going through an underground tunnel that always has a guard station there. The crew is like, well, this is perfect because we, this body has like weapons on it and armaments, like it has blasters that are in it. So we could just blast through one of the walls. Mm Mm-hmm not have to deal with that guard or that door at all. We could just go into the sewer and blast through one of the walls and get into the facility. So they attempt to do that and they blast through a bunch of wall until they get to like the facility's wall and they had, he attempts to shoot it with his laser blaster that's on the body and it just absorbs the shock and it seems like there is a shield around it, mm-hmm. sort of like how the body had the shield in the first movie when people tried to shoot him Mm -hmm. and this really confuses the captain and the crew they're like this is our technology how did this how is this possible uh just then uh someone sneaks up behind mike myers dave and shocks him and boots him down the crew inside don't have any control anymore the body's in complete shutdown mode Dooley and josh are black bagged and jesus yeah and are taken away they awaken in this room where josh and julie can kind of see outside their bags and then but can't really see anything they're all sitting in chairs in front of like this figure that's in front of them and this figure like activates Mm -hmm. the body's head so the crew can look out they see this figure that's in this like robe that is hobbling around and the figure like lets his hood down and it is actually the body from the first movie <gasps> what yeah 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 Twist. What, what what hobbling oh wait he's hobbling because he doesn't have the foot of course right oh <laughs> the body just seems to be moving kind of weird like kind of in like jolted like mm-hmm. very jolty-esque movements and yeah <laughs> it's revealed that ed helms's character was abandoned in the body in the last movie and uh, he was left he was left in the butt in the last in nice. the last movie when they escaped and he has been able to through this kind of rudimentary rudimentary system of pulleys and like switches and stuff he's controlling the body all by himself mm-hmm. at the captain station and is talking and he said that the government has allowed him to use the body freely and stay alive basically as long as he trades their alien technologies with them thus the shield right and what have you i think i think maybe the guards have guns as well that are look a little more high tech maybe like they fired one earlier and it's like a laser gun or mm-hmm. something so from here i imagine Dave or Mike Myers, Dave. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is where my notes get a little more. I was going to say, is this one of those points where your notes run out? <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is one of those points where my notes just kind of go from uh, paragraph, paragraph, paragraph to not sure. a lot. But basically, I want there to be this climactic fight scene between the two Daves. Mm-hmm. And I want it to end at the Wendy's. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which I think the facility is under. Like okay. secretly. So like I, I think that maybe Josh or Dooley maybe maybe Dooley has his taser on him mm-hmm. and he gets free and he shocks Mike Myers Dave mm-hmm. system up so it's working fully. 
and Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy have this climactic fight scene sure. where they're like blasting at each other. Is can the they, um sorry, can the the base be called the swamp? Yes. So Eddie Murphy's voice is yelling at him to get out of his swamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's just like you see you see number 2 or you see old number 2, we're like onions. There you go. Yeah. And I think once that happens, the crew frees Josh and Dooley, and Dooley's maybe, like, gunning, like, the government officials down with, like, the... <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? Uh, we're in free territory here, yeah. so he, he has a gun. He's suppressing fire, like, the government officials. Josh is fucking around. I don't know what he's doing. He's old enough. He has a gun, too. He's shooting at him. And they both activate their, like, rocket boots that mm-hmm. are, like, in their heels, and they charge up through the ground and end up in the Wendy's. Mm-hmm. And they're having like fisticuff fights because their blasters get like damaged by the. Sounds by so gentlemanly. The... Fisticuff fights. People are running out of the Wendy's like screaming. Um, I think Mike Myers runs Eddie Murphy's head into the Frosty machine mm-hmm. and then like puts down the plunger and just fills him with frosty like gumming up the work making the body um unmovable i just figured out the angle for your title i'm not gonna say it the title of this movie is meet dave thomas the founder of wendy's that's i I, as soon as this last wendy's i thought oh my god dave thomas (laughs) (laughs) all right all right all right so yes meet dave thomas the founder okay trademark and yeah, they go back into the body and they get the data and then they fly home mm-hmm. and they have their proof. And Can there be a post-credit scene where the, the main crew, or like Mike Myers, Dave, Josh, Dooley, maybe Josh, whatever, are all sitting at a Wendy's, all on the shawarma scene from the end of Avengers? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Sure, do it. Um, and Dooley is like, man, this premium fish filet is really good so many nuggets in the uh and then one's like and josh is like do they have any of the spicy nuggets and then dave's like no they don't have them anymore and then and there you go yeah I, I don't see anything wrong with that but yeah there's my wendy's meet dave pitch I, it's it's the only way it's gonna make money oh yeah you know, for sure i think yeah. that's i think that that's a very smart tactical move on your part uh to get Thank the funding you. required yeah idris elba is just gonna bankroll mine isn't that right? Yep, he's nodding. He is. Oh, shit. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he stole some of your uh, screenshots of the hot yeah. dog pooping scene off the wall. Oh, god damn it. You have the raddest room I've ever seen. It's just wallpaper and screenshots from Meet David and pooping out those hot dogs, and Idris Elba's hiding in your closet. <laughs> it took me forever to put those up, Idris. Stop. I promise we'll do the Dark Tower next. <laughs> we should. Well, Madison, I think that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Tell the people where they can find us. You all can find us by searching our name, The Equalizers, on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else. And that's E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, correct? Correct. You can also get at us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers, uh, Instagram, The underscore Equalizers, Gmail. You can email us at equalizers at gmail.com. And Podbean, our home away from iTunes, equalizers.podbean.com. Uh, special thanks on our opening and ending music go to Creo, C-R-E-O, for their song, Rock Thing. You can find them at www.creo-music.com. Also, thank you to Daniel Na, our previous uh, guest, for gifting us this movie this week. Damn, Daniel. Jesus Christ. You fucking hack. <laughs>
for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. Came from somewhere back in the long ago. What an orbit believes. To be continued.